21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. Sustainability is just as much a corporate or commercial liability as it is a personal one. We tend to focus on the individual when storms happen, and we should absolutely do that, but we should also care about the commercial businesses down the road. Mom and pop grocery store that this once in a lifetime storm that's happening every year keeps knocking out the electricity. It's ruining their business and their livelihood because the fridge isn't running or there's a hotel on the same beach that the, uh, your homes are washed away from a, a tough storm. That hotel is unable to, to uh, operate. Then you could get into the fact of the area. So if the area becomes dangerous prone. Are people going to want to visit that area? Are they afraid to, you know, go to that hotel if they know, oh, if I pick the wrong week, there may be a storm that rolls through. Either I get stuck there or I can't go there at all. So then you you have people's um, tastes diverging and and their habits diverging. You really it it's something that's an unseen negative on a uh, on a balance sheet, but we need to take pay attention to it so that the, that commercial businesses also participate in saving the planet, not just the individual. It's not just what clothes you wear, it's how that clothes was made. And that's a, a company that's making that. It's not just how this, you know, making the power, how that power is made, how is the power consumed? Who is the largest consumer of power? Who's, you know, um, you know, plastic waste, producing plastic waste and doing all those other things. It really, it's up to everyone to do it, including businesses. It's not just the individual, everybody's got to do it together. The awareness level is fairly high. Um, but the steps to do it is still fairly low. They're very tepid. Yeah, extremely tepid. They're very afraid of um, new technologies because there have been boondoggles. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the carbon credit market. And that was something that we we're doing. And I understand there's some industries that are going to take a long time and they have to offset. Air travel is one of them. Airplanes last 30 years. Um, even today, if we're like, hey, we've got hydrogen and it, it's made cleanly and, 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 you know, from just from water and, you know, electricity versus, you know, natural gas, like some of the um, hydrogen is made, those planes, those airlines are going to last another 30 years. So you've got 30 years before you flip the industry. How do you do that? So you may need carbon credits, but carbon credits shouldn't be for everyday things like, oh, I went to the store and I bought corn. So I should offset that corn with the planting a tree. That's not how it works. You should go to the how it's made and make that more efficiently or choose better food sources. Um, but there's also packaging. We don't control the packaging. It's it's controlled by corporations. You as an individual, doesn't matter if it's made by, you know, plastic came from, you know, uh, you know oil or does it better for plant-based plastics? Perhaps the plant-based plastics are better, but we don't get that choice as a consumer. But as the companies are involved, they get that choice. They're the, they are the consumers in their industry for those products. So they don't make the packaging themselves. They, you know, third party that out. So when, you know, your favorite cookie comes in the plastic, perhaps it should have been, uh, you know, something else. 
Um, instead of using uh, plastic wrap, maybe they could use beeswax for non-meat, um, you know, things like uh, beeswax paper. Um, I use that at home. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> um, uh, it lasts a while and you can wash it. And then after a while, it does biodegrade, but it actually degrades. Um, holding your companies accountable just as much as you hold yourself accountable. What's going to happen for the second life of whatever you have? What's going to happen when... So like, you know, sometimes they're good buzz. So like I, I take clothes made from plastic. That's a really good buzz around the, the outside. It looks really good from the outside. Like, hey, I just took a couple of bottles out of a recycling bin. But when you wash those clothes, the fibers of the plastic goes into the uh, water and then like kills fish. So when they're talking about micro microplastics, they're also talking about like plastic fibers that run off of clothes. So the ideas are nice, but sometimes you do have to see the long-term goals um, but that doesn't mean that you stop. I will take, you know, for example, um, uh, lead, uh, insulation, asbestos is, re uh, you know, asbestos based, um, insulation is really high value, uh, for keeping heat and, like, uh, and cool in and keeping the elements out, but it's lead based and it's terrible for people. Does that mean that we stopped using, using insulation the second we find that out? Like, no, sometimes something seems good. And then you're like, that's not good. But the idea behind it was good, like energy efficiency. So then we moved on to other products and, and you know, we have soy-based foams. We have all these other things. I want companies to look at that to say like, hey, this may not be the right fit for you, but there's going to be a right fit down the line. Um, we have to break ourselves of thinking of one thing is going to rule them all for sustainability. It's not. We've got, we got our mess, ourselves into the mess because we thought, you know, uh, you know, uh, car, you know, um, you know, diesel fuels and, and gasoline and oil was going to get our, the one thing that was going to get us to like energy efficiency and like, you know, the plant's going to be fantastic. It's not. We, different tools for different, um, you know, jobs. You need very much contextualized, localized um, strategies because not everything is the same here. So like, Solar panels may work in, you know, the southwest of the U.S., but it's not going to work in Alaska. Um, there's not enough sunlight. So how do you bridge that gap and use a different technology? But if we're in the mindset of, hey, only thing we can use is this one thing, which could be solar panels, it could be wind turbines. Say, hey, we just use this one thing. Then we lead ourselves down this road where things don't work. And then we're like, hey, we tried and we wipe our hands and we go back to the way things were before. And we can't do that as a, as a planet. We can't do this as a society. We can't do it as um, as business. Because if your people are getting injured or sick or destroying, those are your customers. You will have no customers left. Our vision is being sustainable and impactful hotel development and ownership group. Our mission is, is to be more profitable by being sustainable and impactful than not being sustainable and impactful. And once that model is done, um, everyone's just going to do it anyway. So that's the... The cheapest, most effective way is follow the money. If you make it, make sure that there's money involved, the whole market will do it. They don't have to care about it. They don't have to uh, love sustainability. But if it's something that makes the business money, all the businesses are going to do it. 
So that's why we, you know, took a lot of time to look at our technologies, uh, try to use off the shelf technologies as best possible to not raise the price of things using, I will tell you from technology development, particularly around mechanical things, do not use anything bespoke. That is the death of like anything. Even the piping will absolutely sink your budget and like sink your timeline down. So it's like, hey, do you need to drill this, um, you know, you know, connector pipe? Or do you just go down to your hardware store and find one that's already there? Find the one that's already there because you can get it up and running much quicker and a cheaper cost. So that was cost effective. Of course, you worry about materials and sourcing and those kinds of things for impact. But getting that sustainable system up and running is your proof of concept. Getting that sustainable uh, system up and running is actually doing something. It's cleaning the air. You're doing. You're making energy cleaner, which makes the uh, immediate surroundings a better place to live right from the jump. Um, then you can worry about the longer things and broaden that vision out further. Um, it's impact. So we have to be good for the planet and the people. So sustainable for the people and the planet. If we're not, then the people aren't going to do it. Um, I like to use the phrase um, sustain additive sustainability, and I, that's a mythos for us. Don't take thing people think uh, they don't take things away from people. Give them something in exchange. Give them something equal or greater, and then you won't have to battle. You don't have to legislate. People will do it anyway because it's already there. We did it with hairspray, um, where that um, chemical was destroying the ozone layer. In an instant, we flipped it and we actually like helped the ozone layer and it's, it's healing up. So we can do it. We just don't say, hey, you're not going to get any hairspray. Like, no, get this hairspray that the thing that's bad is taken out, but we put something else that's of equal value into it. Um, and I think that's what we need to. We've been beating people over the head with like a negative approach to selling sustainability. I'm here to make sure there's a positive selling that you'll get everything you want. You don't have to worry about not washing your sheets as much. Um, you know, that kind of thing. Like you're taking away from people. Add to it. Hey, you can walk, we're going to wash the sheets. In fact, if you don't need to wash the sheets, something that hospitality could do is just steam them. Put them in a steam machine. So you're using a fraction amount of the uh, water, electricity, and weight, and creating weight, wastewater, and you don't need to use chemicals. Just steam it. So if it's not particularly dirty, it may just have a little weird odor and the same person staying in that room, steam it every day instead of having to go wash it. But you're not taking down the level of um, sanitation there. So there's like, now it's the, where I see a lot of hotels are like, hey, we don't change the sheets unless you leave or every seven days. Um, that's a sanitation issue. We've just got out of a, a pandemic. We don't need to run back into another one, you know? So keep that level of sanitation high. And that's what we're all about. Like give everybody what you need. So you'll able, we're able to, to live the lifestyle that we want to live in a positive fashion. Travel, travel is important for people, not just from a, a money and monetary standpoint. It's also understanding standpoint, the social implications to travel. You learn, um, you know, you're, you, you, you learn through people's cuisines and the way they live and the way they react. Like, you know, I, I always take it as from a very American standpoint, um, going to other countries and they're eating dinner at like midnight. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's so much different. But it's an experience that I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, uh, I like to learn a lot through food and the way people um, address food. So it's but also it's a history and it can also, you know, marginalize a point where, you know, uh, a society may eat a lot of canned goods. They may be perhaps at one point they went through a really tough war. That's uh, something I see around like English food. English food is like 
there's a lot of potted things and canned things because they went through World War II and they're being bombed and it just became part of their culture. You can also see how um, um, how re refrigeration uh, the, or the lack of refrigeration affected the way, um, you know, uh, people uh, do their food. So they, maybe they add curries or spices or maybe they pickle things or maybe they jarred them or maybe they just eat really freshly and they don't eat anything that's been that's not been caught or, or you know, cut down that day. Um, and you can take that learning and just say, let's give it to them. Make sure that they, they're able to fly um, from this place to this place and do that visit and get that that social learning and that impact of, of that travel. Uh, but let's do it sustainably and figure out how we can. We're here to figure it out. The main message I want to make sure is that we're here to figure it out and make sure that we don't take from you. When it comes to the money side of things and, and creating more money by being impactful and sustainable, it's trying to create a close to a zero waste system and then acting on those points. So if there's something to be recovered when, so we can go from an energy standpoint. So our technology, we've created a system uh, using off the shelf parts. We'll get into deeper into those parts are, and I'm happy to answer any questions, but it's contextual based. What are you getting off of? this property, how can you get as much energy out of this property? And what are your major uh, cost factors? So I'll take uh, a temperate place, but you do have winter. So I'll take, I'm in New York City, so we'll take New York City. So my largest bill is not air conditioning, is not the lights, it's heat. Heat is like, boy, it, it, it's three times as much per month in the winter times than any sort of anything that I'm paying for anything else. So how do we address that? So you'll look at this building and I'm like, okay, should I um, sit here? So you follow the money. So the first thing you wanna do is eliminate um, the the um, heating bill. How do you do that? Okay, I look at this building and I say, okay, we could put solar panels on there. There's good solar radiation from coming, uh, coming in. Okay, you've got 100% of, you know, the roof covered in solar panels. You use effectively, you know, 25% of that electricity, uh, you know, 25 to 50% of that electricity on heating um, and hot water. Okay, maybe a little bit for cooking. Um, but you're losing, even with a heat pump, you're losing a bit of, 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 um, of, of, I would say in, 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 go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, so um, we you lose a bit of, of um, th uh, you know energy in translating. So you're going from UV light to uh, electricity, which is DC. Then you're changing it to DC to AC, which then runs heat pumps. Even the heat pumps are fantastic. There are are things. We'll go more into technology. I'm just trying to show you the the price structure. So you then then you have to change that electricity into heat. And then that then becomes the stuff that you're doing. So you've got a couple of losses on the electricity that you used. How about if you look at there and you say, hey, you're get, you're capturing 100% of the solar radiation that's coming there, the um, you know UV radiation that's hitting that roof, but you're also wasting 100% of the uh, infrared energy that's hitting the roof, that heat energy. Um, 
how about you lower the amount of solar panels and you capture that heat? And then you use that heat directly without that phase change. And you don't have to use electricity for that. Then you go further and you try to take whatever's left over because you can get about 500 degrees Fahrenheit. And uh, I don't remember Celsius. It's a lot. You're very hot. So you, then you can take that waste heat and turn it into more electricity by sending it through like a Stirling engine or environmental engine or, um, you know, a Stirling impact engine um, and a free piston engine. And now you're creating more electricity, but now you've caught a waste thing. So then you can do the same for cooling. So you have a, you know, roof and then you have a basement. So the basement is, you know, 55 degrees below uh, room temperature, would say like, you know, 10 degrees Celsius, maybe 12. Um, and then you use that to pre-chill the part of your space when you, you need to do that. So now your heating and your cooling is gone from cost. And you're um, then, again, piping that cool energy to um, environmental engine to create a larger delta that produces more electricity as the heat and the cooling passes through it. So now you're recapturing waste. You know, put up a couple of LED light bulbs. You're using 1% of electricity at that point of your total capacity. The rest of it can be sold. Now you turned um, a, a system that doesn't particularly cost a lot of money because those are off-the-shelf technologies. That solar panel you're getting from, you know, there. Um, then you're selling that. So that's how you create a little bit more money in what you're doing. So then you take that idea of zero-waste system and you push it further into the hotel. You're going to take this hotel and you're going to say, hey, what's a capturable event? Okay, stop being the side attraction and start being the main attraction. So you add an art museum there to keep the people on a property so they're spending money in and they're happy to spend money versus negative selling, which is you're staying at a hotel and they charge you random fees, which is the very negative experience. That then trickles down to the impact on your employees where in the US we have our, is a year and a half is our typical uh, service life for someone who's in the service industry for a hotel, a year and a half. You're constantly retraining people. So you're constantly spending more money retraining them. How about you give them a better experience by not having to fight with someone at the front counter who's upset because there's random things on their bill and they're coming at you and they're like having a moment. It happens. Why not break that 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 chain? Get them to spend the more money in a ethical fashion that then makes your workers feel better because they don't have to, to argue with people. Um, and I see it a lot at every single hotel. They're like, where's this fee? I don't know what this fee is. I stayed at hotels. I, I'm i in hotels. I've stayed at hotels and I've looked at a bill and go, oh no, this is, why are you charging me $45 a day for towels? I could bring my own. Um, like The towels are not that special. Um, you're not reserving me a special seat. I have to go out there and fight for this resort to sit on the seat like everybody else does. Um, so it's not like, oh yeah, this is a value to me. It's not. So you're creating, so then you're, you can continue pushing that out. What areas are empty in that hotel? What areas are, is it in the basement? How about you put down an algae growth system downstairs that you can create, turn it to beer. You can turn it to that. That's a capturable event. Now people are then buying um, products that are made right there. That algae that is then, you know, grown uh, on property is actually cleaning the air as it goes. Um, so you're having something that is actually absorbing carbon so if you say you want to, you know, plant trees, 60% of the world's oxygen comes from the ocean, from algae. So you're, um, you want to plant those trees, you're planting the trees right there. Um, you can turn it into textiles. 
You can turn it into um, seat cushions. You can turn it into a whole bunch of things. And now you also don't, you're absorbing carbon. You also have no transportation costs because it's happening locally. You can then spin that business off when you're finished building your hotel or you, and, and that becomes someone else's business. Now you have a business that's paying you money that did not exist. And it's 98% less water um, intensive than corn or cotton. That water is recapturable because it's a closed system. All you do is strain off the algae and you keep the water. You clean it up a little bit, put it through a couple of charcoal filters, send it back through the system. Um, so you also don't need to use fresh water. You can use salt water. So it's um, you're not having to pull from a resource. So this hotel, maybe it's in Dubai. You don't have that much fresh water. You've got tons of salt water. Why don't you use that salt water uh, you know, effectively? And you're also not creating brine by desalinization, which has been sucking out all the salt. And then the salt gets dumped into the ocean, but it's in such high concentration that it's toxic. Being sustainable and impactful, also getting more money. I invented all this stuff. It's my patents. It's something that had been rattling around in my mind for a very long time. I spent about 15 years in hospitality on the design and art side. Um, then COVID happened and that kind of was like the trigger that I needed to um, bring everything together. I had these ideas and then I went into, uh, I had a, a colleague who was in the green industry and I went there for about a year and a half. Um, and it was in the carbon credit industry. And I saw how the really effective carbon credits were the ones no ones were buying and the highly ineffective ones are the ones that everyone was buying because they were cheap. So the plant, the, you know, the dollar to plant a tree, there's no aftercare on that tree. How do you know it's going to grow to full size? Cause the, and the, they sell it to you saying like, oh, it's going to remove this amount for this many years. You don't know if it's going to grow that that large. Uh, and they count it as fully grown from the second it's planted. It's a sapling. It's not pulling as much carbon as a fully grown tree. So I said, hey, if I'm, I want to go back into hospitality, but I want to make a difference, I see hospitality is highly wasteful, is highly impactful on people's lives. Many locations, hospitality is the number one um, uh, employer and the number one industry. Uh, particularly around island nations and warm places, hospitality is, is it. And I've been to resorts where I've been to certain places and the resort will have power and the, you know, the Shanty Shack Village doesn't have anything. Why is this business allowed to like absorb so much and then give so much little back to the place that it's absorbing? They are selling, you're selling the locale, particularly like resorts are selling locale. It's the beach, it's the, the, blue oceans and you're absorbing so much from this community of the people that live there and also work there that then are still in poverty. Um, how do you change that dynamic? You have to be able to change that dynamic through making things more profitable. And that's how we're going to do it. So um, we've invented our, the key energy system. Uh, it provides heating, cooling, and electricity to the key energies of a, a space. Uh, um, that's where the, the name comes from. Um, and uh, we designed it so that the hotel um, uses very little electricity and very little of its own resources so it can provide that to the community. Yes, to be very capitalistic, 
You're now selling to your own provider, you know, selling to the local community, but you're doing it in a positive way. You're giving them something that they may not have had before and you give it to them in a beneficial way. You're not here to burn, you know, fossil fuels that create, um, you know, asthma cases. You're, you're there to provide electricity. Um, so that's a revenue source that makes us more profitable than we were before. And we're also not dependent on... Um, uh, average rate per room per night, um, is, we call it ADR. Uh, how much, so what if there's like, uh, uh, trends happen, particularly in hospitality. When, um, so like I noticed in Italy, like I have friends that all go to Italy. It used to be, you would only go to Southern Italy. Now everyone's going to Northern Italy. Every about every 10 years, the trends change and certain places become hotter and not as hot. How do you gap that 10 years? It's going to roll back around in 10 years. Um, but how do you bridge that gap? How do you bridge the, your, your off season? Do you fire all your employees and lay them off and they don't have any any income? Um, how do you, um, if there's a war, how do you like, there's so many external factors that you can't handle, but the best thing you could do, hedge your best is off property spend. It's that's why they have credit cards that are labeled with Hilton, Hyatt, Marriott, um, because they're getting um, transaction fees, even if you're not um, on property. That's why airlines do it. They want that money that's off, but just in case that core business shakes a little. Um, and you could create, uh, we've created that with our algae growth system. Uh, we also have an algae growth system. I, I jumped ahead. <laughs> our key energy system. Um, the algae growth system is a flexible, modular, uh, automated algae growth system. So we can um, provide ourselves with food, um, Alcohol. I made algae beer, and I apologize to the audience. Um, if algae beer becomes a thing like kombucha, no one really asked for it. It just happened. Um, and I'm, I, I will personally apologize. Um, I've made like algae hot sauce. Like I've made some fun things um, that you can make right there locally. You don't have to ship it in. You're creating an industry that wasn't there. And hey, if you bottle too much, you can sell it to the the industry. You can. They also make really good like uh, like face mask and like beauty products and, and shampoos and conditioners. So you have this. You have everything you need for that hotel effectively. Besides maybe some animal products, right there. Um, and you don't have to worry about shipping in. You don't have to worry about customs. As a business, you don't have to worry about customs. You don't have to worry about shipping delays. You don't have to worry about, um, uh, in, in fact, you don't even have to worry about like natural causes. So sometimes the crop doesn't come in. Every so often you're like, if you're into wine, the wine, it was not, it was a dry year. So the wine tastes weird or different, or it was a really, really wet year. The wine is not edible. Like you, you just want to drink it. So you can control a lot of factors and that is a sellable moment in that um you know uh, you you can you can maximize your your income on that so it's how we create you know 400% more on property spend per person than we would if we were just a hotel and a restaurant like how do you move beyond that then it's also the free pr that you get for see doing all these things so you sit on the podcast and you sit on the things talking about the stuff because you're pulling all that stuff in um, the word of mouth does get around. Um, then you move, um, you can also use the algae growth system as a carbon sequestering system. So if you want to do actual carbon credits that you can actually say, I put 12 tons of carbon, you can. So you just drain off the algae and you bury it somewhere and you're actually locking it away permanently. You're not, uh, so with trees, if the tree dies, the carbon goes back into the system. So you've got 30 years before it's back around in the system, but there's natural disasters. It could be a forest fire. There could be, um, you know, some sort of disease that kills the tree. It could be a bug infestation. Like 
we have those lantern bugs here in New York in the fall and they're very pretty, but they're really not good for our trees. Um, and I don't know who brought them here or how they got here, but they're super invasive and nothing else eats them and they're destroying trees. So if you have, you paid all this money and, and you did the carbon credits for the trees, those trees might not be around, but you have a controllable system that you can physically count. You can weigh how much you take out of the system. You can also dry the algae so it weighs less so you can put the water back into the system um, in a carbon sequestering kind of thing. If you're in a place that like um, needs to burn something, like if you're in a locale that is, you can turn that into biofuel. So now you're um, on property creating biofuel that then um, can power the equipment for the hotel, that can power the like you know, the van that come gets you from the, the airport, you know, the airport transportation. You can sell to the community. So if the electricity grid isn't there, you have other options and you try to be as carbon neutral as possible. Um, but that also is a money capturable event. So how you can move from, you know, making 20% to 30% margin, you can make that very easily. Just slight changes that you have to do in our, our thinking and how we approach things in a holistic manner. Systems matter just as much as point efficiency. I really believe in helping people and it's something part of the ethos of who I am. It's, um, you know, you help yourself first and then you turn around and help other people. Like once the cup is, cup is running over, um, you can't pour out of the cup if the cup is empty. So stabilize yourself and then you help others. I have um, was president of NEWH New York, which is a, um, uh, a uh, nonprofit that gives scholarships to hospitality students. And um, this conversation, this part of the conversation could be very US focused. The amount of money we spend on like higher education here is uh, is mind blowing. Um, I, many years ago, even when I was in school, it was $11,000 a semester. I had to work three jobs to get through school and I was absolutely destroyed at the end of it. Um, and if it wasn't for the high cost of education, I probably would have been a doctor. But I could not label, label my family. My father's a police officer and my mother works at the Department of Motor Vehicles. Like I couldn't, I could not burden them with a half a million dollars more worth of, you know, $500,000 worth of, of schooling. And I'm not even a doctor at that point. Like I would just be graduating and they would have 500 grand like of, of, of money to spend, to pay off. They didn't have that kind of money. It's, it's disheartening. So I'm really here about the education part. So giving, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish my lifestyle through school on any of oh, my worst enemy. Like the, you should be able to focus, you should be able to like learn well, and you should be able to go into the field you want to without some social barrier or, or, or financial barrier that we've created. So I'm, you know, I, we give away the largest amount last year of NEWH New York history. We give out the largest amount, which is $21,000 per student uh, for a particular student. We're doing $12,000 per student before we were doing a thousand or $2,000 per student. So we have really focused, I really focused that, that, um, nonprofit on there. I've been on the board for quite a while. I'm past president. So I'm the fun grandpa who gets to bake cookies and stuff. And I'm not the person in front anymore. And I'm happy about that, but I loved it. But I'm also like, whoo, that was a lot. Um, you know, the social impact, I like, I really think business can do good things, can make money without destroying people, without being a jerk. 
you don't have to be a jerk to be a good person. Everyone holds up like Steve Jobs and like Elon Musk. You don't need to treat your people like trash to get good things out of them. That is the most soul-destroying way. You don't punch down, you punch up. Punching down makes someone's life a, a, a worse place. Punching up makes the world a better place. You should hold your leaders accountable and saying, hey, why isn't this happening? Why isn't that doing? But don't you don't need to destroy people. You don't need to destroy the planet to you know go forward. In the U.S., uh, the average income for a service worker in um, uh, hospitality is $29,000. The federal level for um, poverty is $33,000. So that means the average person working hospitality is, is legally poor. It, it, they are in poverty. So how can we fix that? Tips don't do it. And I don't like the tip system. We really kind of need to break that. Um, perhaps breaking it. So my model will bring in more money, bring in effectively 400% more, and we'll divide some of that, the extra money up to bring, give them that 20 or 30% increase in, to bring them above the poverty level and make them move uh, higher than that. Give them opportunities to um, invent. So our first property will have a effectively a STEM lab. We're very engineering focused so that we're going to need it anyway because we want to build our own things. But inviting the community to come in and say, hey, you have an invention. We're, ha we're happy to help test it. We're happy to give you some um, educational tools on this. Inviting universities and not just universities, going all the way down to elementary school and primary school and having them bring those kids in and get them interested and tell them like this is the process. Making sure that we're inclusive of everyone because sometimes seeing someone that looks like you do that work says like, hey, I could do this too. So having the, you know, the female or the people of color or everybody involved. Um, when I say equity, it also is like inclusion is not just... Um, you know, race, religion, those things, it's also languages you speak because that shapes the way you deal with problems. English, we're very, it's a trade language. It's very butchered, but you can get things across really quickly. Um, and that's good for trade, but the nuance thing, you can't. Like um, they're uh, Greek, there's multiple ways of saying love in Greek and they all mean a different kind of relationship. We have to have a whole entire sentence in English saying, I love you, but as a friend, not as anything else, or I love my son as or your, your father, or your mother. Those are different kinds of love, but we don't have that granularity. That perspective in, in different life experiences, including culture and, and language, really brings in a different way of solving problems. Um, when we're looking for properties, what we do is we we do the environmental impact study, but we also ask the locals, say like, hey, what goes on on that property over there? And they'll tell you, like I was looking at a property in Costa Rica. They're like, yeah, that river floods like every two days. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. I don't want a property that floods. But I could have spent a year and a half and, uh, oh, God, how many tens of thousands of dollars on the environmental um, impact study? But I, it, it took 10 minutes just to ask the local, like, hey, does this happen? And I did stay around and it did flood. Um, so I visited about four months later and the property was like oh, a swamp, but the person who was trying to sell it to me did not tell me that. <laughs> so it, this social impact, social, you know, good you can do also has returns on you. So that saved me, you know, 50 grand, um, saved the company a bunch of money and time. Time is also, you know, a, a thing and we're not, you know, going down a road we don't need to go down. It's a way of interweaving. So again, sustainability and impact are the same thing because if you people can't be can't strive for the best if they can't breathe, if they're sick, if their you know houses are being washed away, that's the base. That's sustainability. Impact is 
okay, um, these people are here. How do we bring them in? How do we make them feel good? Make them a part of the process because they are the next geniuses. You know, how many, um, you know, cures for cancer may have been already like, um, you know, made if this child wasn't working in a sweatshop their whole life. And that's what they're constricted to because they can't get out. Um, and that impact isn't that hard, particularly in a hotel. Our contracts are large. We give away multi-million dollar contracts. So the, I was having an issue with fabrics and I, I've said the story a couple of times. It looked, I wanted a sustainable fabric. I found the, you know, seat covering and it looked like pretty good. And I just happened to ask who made this? And then I found out it was like slave children, like children in sweatshops. Um, no, that's not sustainable. That's not cool. That's like, no. Um, so by me pulling that $4 million contract is definitely going to send a message like this is not appropriate. We have a lot of power as, as business owners, as, as you know, entrepreneurs that we can shift it by just saying no to something. We don't have to come up with a solution, but we can say we want the solution. Someone's going to fill that solution because they want the money. We are the solution to the problems, and I want to make sure that we're able to connect. Follow us on uh, our website, which is www.yogh.group. Follow us on LinkedIn. Follow us on Instagram. We're all over the place. We are the only YOGH group that's out. If you have uh, sustainable products, please send them our way. I, I would love to evaluate them. If you have invention ideas, you know, we can collaborate and, and see what we can do there. Sustainability and impact are not some mountain we, can, we can't cross. It is just a flat little bump in the road and we're gonna do it together. 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. Imagine a space where triumphs, trials, and tales of entrepreneurship come alive. Welcome to the 21st Century Entrepreneurship Podcast, a gold awarded journey hosted by Martin Piskorik, connecting with listeners in 95 countries and ranking in the top 0.5% of all podcasts. Join our exclusive community, elevate your perspective, and embark on the path to success.